So this is Body Conversations. I'm Joan Breibart. It's April 10th, 2023, and this is episode two. And I'm with Linda Lippin, and we're going to talk now about how many exercises, spinal exercises, there really exist in the entire world, whatever it is. So Linda, tell us. So there are 10. <laughs> That's Just simple. 10. That's easy. Yeah. Um, but you know something, we and we've been talking about this for at least 10 years. Well, of course. So, <laughs> 10 and 10. Um, right. So let's just stop for a second because I think I remember that it was April 1991 when you and Eve and Michelle started the Institute 32 yes. years ago. Yes, yes, yes. I can't believe it. It was actually April 14th. And that was important because that was my 50th birthday. And I was in Santa Fe thinking I was retired. And then I said, well, I don't think I'm going to retire because, you know, the real story was that I thought I'd never see a reformer again when I left New York and moved to Santa Fe. And then what happened was I actually developed a a problem with my spine, which I never had. And I went to a chiropractor and there, particularly then, if they couldn't help you, they'd send you somewhere else. And of course, the story was, he said, listen, I don't know what she does. It's some woman and she's over she's near where you live and she has some weird apparatus and uh, went on. But here's her number. I remember, of course, I went home and I called the number and Michelle and I screamed, is this Pilates, right? Is this Pilates? And she said, yes. And I, they, Eve's studio was so close to where I was living on Camino de Montesol, so close that I didn't need a phone. I could have screamed and she would have heard it. And that was when I realized here they were, two great teachers. No one knew it was here. And that's when I thought, well, more people need to know it. So, yes, you're right. That was that was it. That was the beginning. So let's get to these exercises now. So. The spine only moves in a limited number of ways. And basically we can do spine flexion from the top, spine flexion from the bottom, spine flexion from both ends or the C curve, as a lot of Pilates teachers call it. We can do spine hyperextension from the top, hyperextension from the bottom and hyperextension from both ends. And then we have rotation from the top and rotation from the bottom and side flexion from the top and side flexion from the bottom. That's the 10. That's your 10. All right. Top 10. Wow. I don't think that too many people, no matter what form of fitness or movement they're teaching, would be able to just run through those 10 like that. Maybe they had some idea, right? But to really know that that's it. That's that's uh, very important, I think, because people are anxious or confused sometimes when they're with a live client, and if they have that understanding, right? So let's take it. Let's take it to to Pilates exercise because we both love Pilates. Yes. So we do a lot of spine flexion from the top in Pilates. Now, a lot of some teachers have issues with that. They say, well, people are flexing from the top all the time now, but there's a difference between slumping down in your chair or staring at your phone on the subway or doing a lengthened lifted flexion as we do in Pilates. 
uh, supine, we do a lot of spine flexion from the top. Uh, we have the hundred, we have the ab series, we have coordination, uh, prone, even we do it. We have upstretch, we have elephant, we have the pull-ups on the chair. Seated, you've got your spine stretch, you got your push-throughs, you got your stomach massage. Right, oh, for us, some of that, yeah. Standing, you've got your roll down, you got your roll down on the wall, you got your wash, your uh, quote unquote washerwoman or <laughs> the push down on the chair. So, you know, there it comes up a lot spine flexion from the top in the studio. Spine flexion from the bottom, we also see we see the bridging or you know, pelvic lifts, we see rollover and jackknife and short spine and tower supine. Again, uh, prone, we've got knee stretches, we've got the tendon stretch, we've got oh, upstretch. Yes. And, right? um, seated, you've got rowing. You've got your open leg balance and rocker, you got your boomerangs. Uh, standing, it's really the coming up from the rolling down. Right. That right. gives oh, you, yes. right, you that. that. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a lot of uh, C-curve. There's a lot of flexion from top and bottom. All of the rolling, the rolling like a ball, the open like rocker, the seal, the crab, teaser. Uh, prone, you've got your round knee stretch. You've got your elephant. Elephant. You've got, yes. the, yeah, you've got the upside down push up on the chair. Look, a lot of people teach elephant as a hip hinge, but the class, you know, the original elephant was done in flexion. Um, seated, you got your push through, your monkey, the reverse monkey. We've got stomach massage. There's, you know, you've got your roll back on the short box or the high barrel. You, and then, you know, stand, standing, not as much. Standing, we tend to do it from the top and then from the bottom. Right. But remember when we started, when we, when I choreographed really uh, standing Pilates, we came up with a, a term, we called it the bow, as you were on yes. stage, right? And that was because we had to have a minimal, we needed flexion, but we didn't want the person to fall over, right? And so we had that kind of softening right here. And you know how I love Feldenkrais. So I was there last week and telling the uh, therapist, oh, I need more extension. And she starts me with flexion. She said, no, we have to start here with flexion, with the softening here to get the kind of extension you're looking for. So that right. then is, you know, to, to get rid of an entire category because people are texting all the time is not the answer, right? You have to go deeper to really figure out where we're going. Exactly. And even to give people a better position that they can think about being in when they're texting and doing right. that right. that kind of work, because it's not like everyone's going to magically stop using their devices. Um, then we look at hyperextension, you know, because for me, extension is straight. So when we're upright or we're just laying on the ground or wherever we are, we're in extension. Right. Hyperextension from the top, we see, we don't see it as much supine, all right? When we're going into that in a supine way, generally, unless we're on a barrel or a spine corrector or something right. where we're rolling back and going into that extension and coming back through flexion, you're looking at more advanced exercises like semicircle 
like hybrid, you know, thing, things of that of that realm. We do a lot more of that prone where we've got, you know, your single leg kick, your double leg kick, your swan, your pull straps, your down stretch, your rocking, your swimming. Wow, there's a yeah, lot we, when you say it. You know, we I, I tend to forget how much there is. Yeah, and there's that, you know, and for folks who have it, there's plenty on the pedipole. Yeah. There's plenty on the baby armchair. I think you know, I forget it because I always find extension so much more difficult for my body. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I want to cherry pick what I'm good at, but really there's a lot of extension there. And then, you know, seated, you've got your rowing, you've got your push throughs, you've got your kneeling chest expansion, and we have tree. You know, there's plenty of that work that we find seated. And then, you know, standing, you've got your standing chest expansion, you've got standing cat, you've got um, all of the standing work that you can do on the Cadillac, either holding onto the bars or with the arm springs. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's plenty of that. Um, We also do it from the bottom, but again, as we do it from the bottom, that tends to be the more advanced work where we're looking at grasshoppers, where we're looking at rocking, where we're looking at scorpion on the barrel. Yeah. Um, Where we're looking at the hanging pull-ups on, on the Cadillac. So uh, seated, seated, we do a little bit of it more in things like kneeling cat on the chair. Um. Sometimes, you know, in the extended knee stretch, right? And then standing, we're really looking at um, a lot of the arabesque moves sure. that we might do standing, right? Which are going to take us into that. Um, and then from both ends, you know, again, we see it, we see the high bridges, we see the semicircles, which really does go, you know, right. both ends. Um the rocking, of course. The, of course, we've got the rocking. We've got the swan dive. We've got the swan on the box or the barrel. We got breast strokes. We've got pull ups. We have a lot there. We've got, um, you know, a lot of dips and the grasshopper on the high chair with the handles or on the combo chair that people are doing. So there's there's quite a bit actually of that hyperextension from both ends when people want to work it, you know, classically that is seen as more advanced work. But again, you know, I've always had this and that's why we're doing this. I've always had this issue with how people categorize things and, you know, beginner, intermediate, advanced, learning that in the certification going that way, because, you know, for my body, there are intermediate exercises I struggle with and advanced ones I can do. So it's really, that's kind of artificial. You know, people use it and maybe it's what we're used to, but is it the best way? This to me is the best way, right? That we're looking at these exercises from a spinal movement as opposed to this is beginner, this is whatever, right? So, okay. Um, now we get on to what I love, rotation. <laughs> spine rotation. Now, spine rotation from the top is a very, you know, that has changed over the years, not necessarily in Pilates, but in people's bodies. Right. Um, we do a lot less rotating in life unless you're a golfer or, you know, you're doing something where you're expected to rotate a lot. 
Um, even now, you know, parallel parking, you don't even have to turn your head anymore because everyone's car talks them through the actual parallel parking. But Merging, the location is there in Pilates. We do have the exercise. It right? is oh, there yes. in Pilates. So we can work on it there. Now, when we're looking at spine rotation from the top supine, we're really just looking at things like crisscross. Right. When we are looking at rotation prone, we do have some, we have snake and twist. Sure. Yeah. Right. So we do go there. Seated rotation, we can see a lot more examples of, right? You've got your spine twist, you've got your saw, you've got short box, you've got stomach massage, you've got rotated exercises on the Cadillac, you have rotated exercises on the chair. Standing, again, you're looking at standing saw, the butterfly with the standing arm springs is a oh, great sure. rotational yes. exercise that I think a lot of people, that some people just don't know because, you know, a lot of that work isn't taught anymore. Um, but that is a fabulous, actually, <laughs> upper body rotation exercise. Reverse swan on the chair where you're sitting and you come into the rotation with one arm dropping and one arm yes, up is yes. a gorgeous upper body rotation exercise. Yeah, so good too. It does. It does. Yeah. Now, spine rotation from the bottom, we is more of your kind of corkscrews. Again, your snake and twist brings you into that a little bit. But seated is interesting because we don't think that we have a lot of seated work with that, but we do. We've got the hip twist. We've got the hip circles, the can-can, oh, teaser yeah. on the chair where we add a little bit of that uh, rotation of the lower body. Standing. Standing, we don't do so much with the lower body rotation in Pilates unless you're bringing in more contemporary tools like rotating discs and things like that. So sure. it's not that we can't work on it, but we just don't usually. And then looking at side flexion, which is a favorite of mine in particular, I love side flexion. I love to get that lift. I work with a lot of clients with scoliosis um, who need a lot of work in, in specific directions, you know, in specific places for side flexion. But again, you know, side flexion, supine, we don't have as much of it. You know, you, one could argue that that corkscrew and especially advanced corkscrew involves a little bit of side flexion um, as we go into that rotation. But prone, we're looking at things like swimming, which adds that reach and that side flexion. We're looking at, you know, the side stretch or the mermaids. So if you're looking at mermaid anywhere or side sit-ups anywhere, we're looking at a lot of side flexion from the top. Um, side stretch on the short box, we're looking at side flexion from the bottom, right? Okay. Standing, we've got standing mermaids. We've got kneeling and standing mermaids pretty much everywhere. Right. Every piece of equipment, arm springs, rollback bar, <laughs> push through bar, chair, sitting on the chair, kneeling next to the chair, you know, plenty of that work. Um, 
And then you've got your side sit-ups and your side stretches, you know, on the high barrel, you have all that side work with hands to the ladder where you're letting the legs hang and really working on that side flexion from the bottom. And then you have things like star, which can oh, really take you. Yes, 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 star. You know, you know that story about star and Ron Fletcher. I don't know if you know it. It was, there was a supposedly who knows if these stories are all true but uh, he was in the studio uh, a journalist was coming and he was on the reformer and joe said just do something that looks impressive and he did star yeah because <laughs> yes. it looks impressive right right and those are you know and let's face it the that's the issue of the pre- presentation of pilates is that nobody really wants to see like footwork. <laughs> no. Everybody so wants to see, you know, star, snake, and twist. So. Yeah. So let's say that um, we have a lot more we can talk about this and why it's going to be valuable. And, uh, you know, we know that it's it's maybe overwhelming for people. And that's why when we discussed it, and we've been discussing it for a long time, right? I said, is it too much for one podcast? And I think we both agreed that we need to come back and sort of talk about how this plays out. And particularly because a Pilates teacher has to think on the feet, think on his or her feet right there immediately and make decisions. And, you know, whether or not they can do that, I think depends upon a lot of things, of course, but um, certainly having this, uh, framework is going to be helpful, right? And so we we want to talk about that more in depth and stories that we both know from these exercises and why people did this or that or whatever. And it touches on this idea of classical and contemporary, whatever. So um, Linda Lippin has her own podcast. As everyone knows, Pilates Goddess, it's very popular. And uh, she has so many people following her because again, she and the people that I'm going to be talking to, at least in the beginning, are what I call veteran teachers. They they've seen just about everything, right? And that's yes. uh, that's a big difference now when we have people who are coming in and are faced with 12 people on a reformer, right? So we want to be able to make it easier for those people to get to the level where they are more comfortable, right? Yes. And where, and where they understand what the important things are. Right. Right. And not the unimportant things. And understand also that people come in with so much misinformation, right? It's almost like the telephone game is played out all the time. Someone hears this, tells us someone else, and by the time it's finished, it has no resemblance to what we were talking about. And that has to do with powerhouse and neutral and, you know, chin to chest and so many other cues that people hear not understanding how they came about. Right. And, you know, what was meant at the time and then how that became distorted. So we're going to come back. This is part one of Linda Lippin and Joan Breivart. And we're going to go into some of the details that, will help teachers use this framework. That's what I think we should call it. The the, yes. the framework of 10, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. See you soon.
Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye.